everybody, and welcome to episode 132 of the Rough Cut Retrospective, a podcast that talks about movies, TV, and pop culture amidst the apocalypse. I am your host, Jackson Mahirin. Alongside with me today is the master of the mixtape. Come and get your love, Mr. Carter Sims. Call me Floors. No, don't do this to me already. <laughs> okay. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Uh, I just got off a plane uh, probably an hour ago. I just sat down, fired it up. I'm ready to go, baby. Woo! Woo! Excellent. Also with us, Carter, uh, is the Dave Batista super fan, the destroyer himself, Mr. Cody Webb. Hello! Woohoo! I'm back on RCR. Very excited to be back. Talk more about Dave Batista. Uh, yeah, always an honor, boys. Appreciate you having me on. Back to back weeks for Cody. I know. Oh, huge. Too much so exciting. Uh, too much content from me on here, I think. Uh, going to have to be like a year break and, uh, until I come back, I think. Yeah, hey, that's, fine. that's what you want. That's fine. We can get the papers in order, a restraining order. Um, Cool. So, uh, yeah, this week we're going to be talking Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. But before we get into that, Carter, tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. Hey, I will. Um, It's been a while since we actually recorded, so there's a few things that I've been into. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start with Succession, uh, episode seven, I think. Banger. Uh, a banger. Are you caught up, Jackson? Are you watching? I'm fully now? caught up. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> Cody, are you watching Succession? Same as well. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. No Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Great episode. Uh, Shiv and Tom. I don't think those crazy kids are ever going to figure it out. Uh, Team Tom. Team Tom. Team Tom. Even when he said you're unfit to be a mother, stuff like that, that. was pretty fucked up. That was I, a- I, I, you know, you, you can't always be team Tom, but. Yeah, I'm Team Connor right now. I just want him to get his UN spot or whatever. <laughs> uh, so that's that's awesome. Barry just took a really uh weird t- turn. Uh, I'm not this... caught up on Barry. Please don't spoil it for I, me. I won't. I won't say anything. But it took a really bold. It made a really bold decision in its in its, uh, in its story. So do you like it? I think so. I need to see the next episode to kind of figure it out and see where it goes. I'm kind of on the fence right now, but I'd like to hear what you think when you watch it. So I'll hold on that. Um, obviously checked out guardians. We'll talk about that uh, in a bit. Um, then I just saw two other movies. I checked out guy. Ritchie's the covenant. Um, cool. It was fine. Uh, I think just a nice solid Jake Hall in a war movie. Pretty solid. Um, but also kind of like pro Afghanistan in the end. It was kind of weird. Um, yeah, it was like, Oh, we need to, here's where all these, we left all these interpreters behind. We, because we left stuff like that. I was like, Oh guy, what a twist. Um, anyway, Jake John Hall was, was just wonderful, but I have to say, I have to shout out a movie that I let go in the draft that Jackson picked up. Uh, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret Jackson. This movie is just so delightful. Uh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, you got to go check it out. Definitely go with Abby. Um, just delightful, so charming. Like top five movie of the year for me so far. Uh, it was it was wonderful. So check it out. Uh, I think it's important for men to see this movie, just as it's important just for women to see it. Ooh, there, I'm on the team stance. of women. I know because Jackson hates women on this pod, so I gotta, Famously, I gotta take the stance yes. here. So, <laughs> but yeah, what about what about you, buddy? Um, yeah, so I've been into binging Barry. Uh, I'm past season two into like halfway of season three right now. Nice. Um, did not realize that the episodes were just 30 minutes. Like it is the quickest so show to get through. It's so yeah. clean. Eight episodes a season. It's been super fast. Is season four also just going to be eight episodes? Or Yeah, I believe so. Cool. 
Uh, so, yeah. yeah. And it's ramping up in like crazy ways. Like the whole like Gene, where I'm at right now, like Gene, like kind of knows and like he's trying to get parts for him and stuff. And it's, it's insane and, and really fun. Wonderful. Um, also did the weekly Ted Lasso. And this last episode was really good. I think it's kind of getting back to the roots of what this show was. I don't know. I, th- I feel like I've been seeing a lot of online hate for this show because like they're focusing on like Keely or whatever, or like some of the more of the side characters. But I, I like that this show has built out this, like th- these many characters and they're, they're really more interesting and worthwhile now. And I don't know. I, I I'm liking this season. Good. Um, yeah. And then secession, which we talked about was crazy. Yeah. Then uh, I saw fast five for uh, the cat podcast and it was insane. Um, <laughs> we didn't talk about it on, on their episode, but we, uh, cause we didn't have enough time, but like they drove like a, a safe that they like built a, like, it's like a car with like a safe built around it. And they were like driving it down the road and it was practical and cool. And the stunts are so goofy in that movie. And, like the best way and it's really fun and then i saw guardians also in theaters this week absolutely wonderful cody what about you buddy what were you into other than fast five obviously (laughs) i'll touch on fast five super quick please Uh, one of my favorite modern action movies and we didn't talk about it all in the episode but they just like race cop cars right after they've stolen them as well just yeah so highly recommend that flick and uh of course the entire fast uh kind of series that we're doing on cap that'll be out eventually when jackson makes it all the way through those uh interesting <laughs> movies but uh past that i actually checked out john wick four uh in theaters oh uh, let's cool. go i had not seen it yet and um i actually hadn't seen any of the john wick movies until this year so i kind of binged all three of them first on peacock what a, what a ride and checked it out in theaters I really liked it. I thought it was a fun conclusion. Bill Skarsgård, I thought it was a really good villain as well. Um, maybe a bit overly long, but uh, it's long. Yeah, I <laughs> caught it long. kind of in the, the past. Uh, excuse me, the last couple of weeks in theaters, which was fun too. Fun theater experience. There's only like probably ten people total, and it was kind of just like everyone reacting to all the the crazy fights the entire time. So a good time. I, I definitely recommend it. Um, past that, uh, I've not been like, caught up with barry because i've been watching uh the last of us on hbo max yeah you guys have done an episode on i've made it through i believe i have two episodes left so getting down to the nitty-gritty i'm really scared that some of my favorite characters are going to die <laughs> but uh cinematography acting writing all around in that show is ridiculous um i just had the episode where they're in the mall where it's kind of the flashback episode Ooh, um, yeah mm-hmm. Really, really good stuff. That might be my favorite of the series so far, honestly. Nice. But yeah. Hopefully, we'll finish that up and then can move on to other television to, to start binging again. Hell yeah. And you didn't play the games either, so you were kind of like me, didn't know what was going to happen yeah, in Jackson. I, I still have no idea what's going to happen, so that's why I am so scared of it. But uh, I've heard the games are just as good, too. So maybe we'll get in that after, after seeing the series. Sweet. Bet. Jackson, what's next, Love buddy? That. Let's move on to Great Scott. Great yeah, before we dive into the movie of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I thought it would be kind of interesting to go through some of the history of like the comics and of the pre-production of Guardians 3 and like all the pushbacks and delays. Um, so first, uh, for the comic history of Guardians of the Galaxy, the original team of the Guardians of the Galaxy first appeared in Marvel Superheroes number 18 in January of 1969. Uh, The team consisted of four members, 
being Vance Astro. What? Uh, this guy named Martin X Tanaga, who is played by Michael Rosenbaum in the movies. Uh, Captain Charlie 27, who is played by uh, Ving Rhames in the movies. And Yandu Udanta, who is played by Michael Rooker, of course. Um, with additional members such as Stakar Starhawk Ogard, who is Sylvester Stallone. Are you making uh, up in the names? Right I am now. not. Okay. Uh, and Aletta Ogard, who is Michelle Yeoh in uh, Volume 2. Oh, uh, okay. And others joining slightly after. Uh, the, the story was centered around crime fighters of the 31st century in an alternate timeline of the universe known as Earth 691. So this takes place in like the distant future of a different Earth. Uh, not canon to like regular Marvel comics, which is kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, Major Vance Astro is an astronaut from the 20th century who spends thousands of years in suspended animation flying to Alpha Centauri. Centauri. Uh, and then Martin X was a crystalline being from Pluto. Charlie 27 was a soldier from Jupiter. And Yandu Udanta is described as a blue-skinned noble savage from Centauri 4, which is kind of sexy, but it was the 60s, so what can you do about that? Blue-skinned uh, savage. Yeah. Um, clearly, like, going for, like, a Native American-type character um, who they cast Michael Rooker for, so which that's kind of fun uh, looking back at that. <laughs> um, while they debuted in 1969, uh, they did not appear for another five years years uh and until uh marvel two and one number five of june of 1974 um so basically these characters would exist for a few more issues and then they would be shelved once again for another decade uh until 1989 when marvel editor-in-chief tom defalco revived the guardians of the galaxy in order to cash in on the popular hit tv show cody will love this star trek the next generation so there that's kind of one of the revitalizations um in the 80s which i think is in the late 80s which is kind of interesting so this had like kind of some of the same members but they they uh added some new ones that i thought were kind of interesting including a futuristic version of the spirit of vengeance which is like ghost rider so like <gasps> one from the future nick cage yeah <laughs> Uh, except now. <laughs> um, and then the Phoenix Force, which is like the entity that possesses Jean Grey and like all the Fox X-Men movies that suck. Um, and then Wonder Man, who we're getting a show about pretty soon, too. Um, but then this book was canceled in 1995. Um, once again, so like, again, did not last very long. Jump all the way to May of 2008. And that's when writers Dan Abnett and Andy... Uh, Lanning reboot the book with a different timeline and a completely different team that mod modern audiences are like way more familiar with. So this is like where we get the actual guardians that we're familiar with, like from the movies. Um, so this lineup consisted of star Lord forming a team of interstellar heroes um, that would be proactive in protecting the galaxy rather than reacting to crises as they happen, uh, which consisted of him star Lord, which these all debuted like way earlier, like in the seventies and sixties, but like, this is like the first time they've all been on a team together. So you have star Lord, Adam Warlock, Drax, the destroyer, Gamora, Phyla Vell, rocket raccoon, Groot and Mantis. And then of course, as time would go on, other characters would join, uh, including Cosma, the space dog, moon dragon, Iron Man, Captain Marvel, Agent Venom, Kitty Pride, The Thing, Ant-Man, Beta Ray Bill, Nova, Hercules, and Cosmic Ghost Rider, which is the Punisher as Ghost Rider in space. Whoa. 
awesome. and that's my little history for that um kind of weird that like i think the the book that kind of inspired like this trilogy one of the better comic trilogies of all time didn't exist for like 20 years it's like it's like pretty new relatively speaking which is kind of cool that's really cool. Kind of James Gunn being like the comic enthusiast too, like bringing back all those really old age characters. Yeah, like, totally. Like the whole Stallone crew. That's like all the really old ones. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really. I I think that's a really fun way to do it. Um, but yeah, like the main guy. Interesting enough, like that that uh space dude. What is Vance Astro? He never showed up in any of these, which I think is kind of, oh. kind of interesting too. And then, of course, I wanted to give into the history of the delayment of James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. So we have Volume 2 releasing May 5th of 2017. And the original release date for Volume 3 was scheduled to be May of 2020. But then we have uh, James Gunn was being fired from Marvel for old tweets in July of 2018. And these tweets were pretty bad. Like, they weren't. I don't know. I think they were jokes, but they were pretty, pretty awful jokes um, yeah. that got him fired. These jokes, these like tweets existed like well before he got hired, though, too. So it was kind of weird to like, I don't know. I feel like Disney should have done their research before or like maybe they're fine with it. I don't know. Um, so at that point, he, he was fired in July. And then in October, Gunn was hired by DC to write and direct the Suicide Squad. And then by the time it hits March 2019, uh, a petition from the the crew of like guardians like sign like all the staff like and all the like the actors signed like being like born james gone back like he's great like we need him and so marvel hired him back because of that and then uh, of course we have the suicide squad releasing august 6th of 2021 and then guardians releasing may of 2023 3 years later than it was initially supposed to release. And I thought this was kind of interesting because like, do you guys think in like an alternate universe where James Gunn wasn't fired and hired by um, DC and like now he's like the head of DC, like is this movie just like, is this the final installment? And like, is this a completely different movie than what we would have gotten had he not been fired? Mm. I, 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 part of me wants to say yes. Like it's so so the the narrative is that you, it's a kind of a a revenge like i gotcha i'm i'm getting rid of all these characters well we'll get to that getting rid of all the characters cuz you know it's kind of open but um i feel like it would have been a little different but i also feel like not being the cynic that he loves these characters so dearly and he wanted them mm-hmm. to ride off into the sunset um so i think just like he would have gotten there eventually but i think the catalyst just just got him there i'd like to think that but i, I don't know what do you think cody yeah, I think I agree with you. It is hard to look, you know, back 2020 and see what it would be. I don't know. I mean, kind of just the styles between the Suicide Squad and the Guardians films. They are the same stylistically, but like character wise, they're completely different. So I, I was a bit surprised, obviously, spoiler alerts, but uh, like nobody massive really does die in this film. Mm-hmm. Maybe in that first script, he was going to kill off like half the team or something. Uh, but I think maybe COVID had a big part of it, too. And of course, D- I mean, uh, Marvel kind of their la- latest projects have been the, been the best either. So maybe they want to hold on to a bunch of these characters now too. I'm sure there's tons of stuff behind the scene with like Kevin Feige that we will never know of, but I definitely like to know it. I think that'd be a really interesting story. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting too. Cause like if this delayment happens, like was, is like the, uh, the guardians Christmas special, like, was that something that would have happened? Like, it, or like, would they have done like four guardians movies? 
movies instead because like Gunn was just going to be preoccupied at like Marvel for like as long as he wanted. Like, I don't know. It's kind of tough to say, but I think it's like the best timeline is the holiday special. Like, do you think that was something that came about just because like James Gunn came back on? He was like, okay, I'll come back, but I got to get a holiday special. Like you got to make it up to me, like an apology tour or something. Maybe like, I definitely don't think, because like the timeline would have been so constricted from like the from then till then. I don't know if they would have had time to squeeze in like a weird Christmas special, like especially because like Marvel at the time was not nearly as experimental with their with their like no. Disney Plus streaming stuff too. Yeah, none of that was. I mean, WandaVision was the did that come in twenty twenty? Was that or was twenty twenty one? I can't even. I think remember that was twenty twenty one. I think you're right. Yeah, so they didn't even have any of that fleshed out yet or released. So. Yeah, who knows what the avenue would have been there. But yeah, I have ta- I have thoughts on uh, some of that stuff, holiday special included, later on. So sweet. Oh. Um. So I guess before we jump into this uh, fully, I was kind of curious, like where everybody was before, like going into this, like going into the theater to sit down and watch this movie. Like, where were you with the MCU? Like, were you like doubting? Were you ready to leave? Like, what, what, how are you guys feeling? Cody, how are you feeling, brother? I was feeling okay. I mean, like I said, the kind of the recent stuff has kind of maybe not been the best critically or even, you know, mass audience reception. I actually really like Black Con- I mean, uh, Black Panther, excuse me, Wakanda Forever. I think that's mm-hmm. a really fun sequel. Uh, not the fun way you would think. Um, and I liked Ant-Man a lot, too, which got tons and tons of hate. Obviously, since Endgame, I feel like it has been kind of a different vibe in the MCU, but... Mm-hmm. Going in, I mean, I'm a massive fan of the first Guardians film. Um, I wasn't as big a fan of the second one, but like these characters that have been set up, this is probably my favorite trilogy in the MCU, which I think 100% can be argued as well. But going in, I mean, I was pumped. Uh, You know, MCU, it is what it is. It's the same formula over and over, but this is kind of delving a little bit of that path with like the whole, you know, uh, space adventure kind of thing. So I was definitely pumped going in. Yeah, for for me, I guess I I didn't mind Ant Man. I did. I thought it was you know very overly blown out of proportion how bad people were hating on it because it did. It was trying to do something a little different. Um, so kind of going in, I I'll admit going in, I, I also liked Wakanda Forever. I thought that was given the circumstances that they were under and everything that they did with that was really impressive. Um, and. This one felt I was feeling good about this because all of the marketing that I had seen was basically like not hiding the fact that this was going to be the last ride. So we kind of kind of knew the expectations. A big thing that has just been really upsetting with me in this current state is everyone getting their expectations up for the next movie and then just being let down that it's not like the big things that we've been promised or things like that. And I think that's partially my fault just at the expectations haven't really gotten up to that post end game yet but i will say going into this i felt good about guardians because i just kind of like these wacky little characters and i'll tell you how i felt about them later and how i felt about the movie coming out but but yeah i think that marvel going forward i think we'd be foolish to think that like this is after i think we all agree that like we enjoyed this movie but i think we'd be foolish to think like Oh, this is a change of pace. Marvel's got it figured out. Yeah, I think this is kind I totally of a, agree. I think this is kind of a, a unicorn in that respect. Yeah, like I 
especially because this is like the final swan song for like all of these characters for the most part. Yeah. And like James Gunn is not coming back to, to direct, like to assume that this is like, okay, now we're good. Like there's not like a superhero movie, like drought or whatever, uh-huh. which like some of the previous ones have been pretty weak. Like phase four kind of ended mediocrely and like, and then the wasp was like fun, but not like amazing, but this for phase five and stuff, but this is definitely like, probably going to be the best marvel movie we have for a while i yeah. I, I would imagine because i feel like this is like near the top for a, a lot of people yeah with like overwhelmingly positive reviews let's move on to that's just like your opinion man yeah well you know that's just like uh your opinion man guys Woo! what were your uh initial thoughts and like your theater experience overall for this Ooh, um, Cody, why don't you start us off? How was your How was the theater for you, buddy? Yeah, special. Um, it was a good. It was a good theater experience. So to kind of set it up too. So I saw it uh, Thursday night. I'd gotten off work, and I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything tonight. I'm just gonna go to the theater by myself. Nice. Guardians Three, which Absolutely. I usually hate doing. I'm kind of like a you know social anxiety going to the theater by yourself. But it was actually really fun. Um. Uh, there was like a whole row of kids uh, in front of me too. It's when like the whole rocket scenes were going down. That was a little intense for them, but I had a good time. <laughs> My initial thoughts, I do like this movie a good deal. Um, I don't think it's as good as the first one because I kind of just have a, a special place in my heart for that one possibly, but sure. James Director, man. I mean, I can't talk to fucking up. James Director. No. James, <laughs> James Gunn, man. Heck of a director. Heck of a comic book uh, director. I would call him elite in this industry. Uh, like I was saying, stylistically, I mean, the the color choices and the costumes are really so much fun. Just that scene uh, where they're in space with all the different colored uniforms is just beautiful. Yeah. And uh, the comic accurate costumes they pulled at the end, I love too. But of course, the standout is the music, in my opinion, as well. Kind of just like maybe not the best script or the tightest script, but having the rocket backstory adds a lot to that. But yeah, I'm high in this film. I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say, though. For sure. Um, for me, uh, this was my first uh, Alamo Draft House experience. Um, Ooh, fancy! So I, I broke the seal with my buddy Christian, friend of the pod. Um, we went to the Alamo Draft House. Uh, it's super cool. We ordered food. We got a milkshake. We popped off full theater. Um, and I think we went. We went on, we went on like a Sunday night, um, and full theater, pretty packed. Um, Great reactions from the crowd. Some of the humor, you know, some was hitting, some was not, but as as does with Marvel. But I think everyone was really just locked in on the story and the characters. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed myself. Uh, we'll get into some specifics of what I loved, but I didn't think I would, like, actually kind of get emotional over, a, like, an, a CGI raccoon, but I did. Um, so we'll get to that later and how, like, the characters were just, like, the, really well fleshed out and I, I might be with Cody. Might be the best trilogy in the MCU, possibly. Um, I don't know. We'll see. What about you, Jackson? Theater thoughts? Yeah. So I saw this at the AMC 17 in Indy, which is where Carter and I saw Men. Uh, what a time a, a that long was! Long time ago. Woo. Um, super nice place. Got a slushy, which was amazing. Um, me and Abby went with some of our friends, Evan, who's been on the podcast, talking about Muppets with us, and nice. his girlfriend Haley. Um, and we went to this like 9 p.m. showing on a Sunday night, like really late. Like it's a long movie. And yeah. for some reason, there were like 10 kids there um, just like being kind of annoying, like throughout throughout the whole thing. 
Um, and this like movie is not like for kids. I don't think like, like this like is so close to rated R, but like somehow isn't. It, it's kind very of impressive. Mature. Yeah, very mature, very gruesome. Like some of the like gore in this movie is worse than like a lot of stuff I watched uh, when I was younger. Um, but one kid did scream, I am Groot, like with Groot. And it was just kind of amazing. Like, it was just like, it was the right vibe for the movie. Um, but yeah, like overall, like really great viewing active audience was, which was really nice. Um, and, and like leaving the theater, like, and, and Gunn talked about this in an interview too, of like his goal for this movie was to like, when you leave the theater, you feel closer to like the people you saw it with. And like, that little raccoon did it. Like I, I felt very <laughs> sentimental with my friends uh, leaving that one. So it was fun. I, I, yeah, I, I think this movie is is really, really good. I don't know if it's the best trilogy in the MCU, just because I'm like really impartial to like Captain America. But I think this, this might be one of my favorite movies of the MCU. I'll just say that. Like it, it's, it's really, really fun. Hell yeah, baby, let's go. Not gonna compare it to the Ant Man trilogy. Come on, man. Yeah, how are you doing? <laughs> Don't I, I love Ant Man, but uh, Thor doesn't. I guess it's anymore. not a trilogy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to forget Love and Thunder, which I'm I, so I, down to do. I guess I just have because I didn't even consider it. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, yeah, do you want to jump into what works for this movie? Sure, let's do it. You did it! Congratulations! I kind of mentioned this in my um, my little quick letterbox blurb review. Mm-hmm. but it's a Marvel movie for the first time in a while, a Marvel movie uninterested in the bigger picture to come, mm-hmm. not, not setting up anything you get like, you know, you get the stinger at the end. I'm going to go ahead and spoil, I guess the post credit scene, I guess, but that we get that star Lord will return, but really none of these other characters, we don't really know. And I think for the first time I've felt closed, like actual closure without them, mm-hmm. like have died. Like going, letting them ride off into the sunset and kind of doing their own thing. This is their own story. And for the most part, all the Guardians movies are kind of like that. It's kind of just these wacky weirdos. And obviously, it introduces Thanos in the first one, right? Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, an Infinity so. Stone in there, but obviously, really none of that going on in this. So I just appreciate that, you know, there's nothing we, there's a little bit of homework that you have to do. I'll get to that in a minute and some stuff that like might not work for some people, but. Um, you know, there's no Kang baggage. There's no Jonathan Majors baggage in this <laughs> yeah. movie, which is nice to see. Um, really only focused on the circumstances of the characters within this story, uh, which I think is really nice. And it's just character driven. Like, I don't remember the last time a Marvel movie was a character driven story that really cared about. Isn't that kind of awful too? It's like always like MacGuffin stuff that has I, to happen. And yeah. And I, like, yeah, I, mean, I think Black Panther were kind of ever came close, but then there was also, you know, things that were hedged in there that like they had to do to set up other stuff like Ironheart mm-hmm. and things like that. But yeah, it was really true to the true to its character in in uh, T'Challa. But but yeah, I think for the most part, all of these characters got their chance to shine. You know, kind of had their own moment and their own their own story and their own resolution. So I really enjoyed that. So. That'll, that's that's just for me kicking it off. There's other great stuff, but I can throw over to Cody. You got anything, buddy? Yeah. I kind of just want to echo what you're saying off the bat. Um, kind of just like the movement of the characters in this trilogy, too, I think is really well done. Um, and some of the characters like I didn't even care about in the past movies, like Mantis and Drax. <laughs> I think that was probably my favorite relationship in this movie, strangely. Mm-hmm. 
Like that was, that stuff was crazy emotional. Obviously, the Rocket backstory, um, it's crazy emotional as well. I kind of like the plot device they use with him as well. Like stick him in a coma early in the movie. You're like, oh man, Rocket's not going to be in it at all. And then they just use flashbacks of his story the entire time until he gets better. So I like that. And uh, his backstory, I don't know about you guys, but it, it got me emotional. Like I was trying not to tear up in a theater. Definitely. Um, so I feel like that's kind of embarrassing sometimes, but <laughs> I definitely cried so much. Let them fly, I, could, let the tears I could not control it, dude. Like I, it hurt my eyes to hold it back. I just had to let it out. <laughs> this movie got me, man. Like uh, I give it props for that props for the, uh, the script writers and you know, everything past that as well is, is just really well done. I think in the movie. So yeah, if, if you can make me tear up in a movie, you're doing something right. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think like this this movie is almost like purposefully like cruel to the audience as far as like we're going to show people like this cute little like baby raccoon and then just have like this terrifying hand come into shot and just like like his his first words are hurts and like it's like oh my god like this is brutal that and is then of brutal. course like you have like his friends like Lila Teefs and Floor and like they're all like these mangled like science experiments and it's just so it's so sad. Um, and he kills him. Like he kills him, and it's, it's brutal. Oh. And it, but like it, it cuts in with these like beautiful moments of them like being becoming friends in their cages and like talking about what they want to do in their in their life and stuff. And it's just heart wrenching. Um, but yeah, like yeah, just to go off of that, just like the really intimate story approach that you guys talked about, I think is fantastic. Um, and then of course I, like we, you talked about this too, Carter, but I think like these are the best versions of the characters that we've seen so far. Like, I, I really don't think, I, I, I really do think like this is like everyone's peak performance in this entire like MCU franchise. Um, especially Drax who I, I, yeah. I like Dave Batista, but I did not like his character like at all. Um, but him being like, I'm going to do monkey noises and then like doing a robot thing was like so funny <laughs> and just Enduring. getting to see him be like a dad in this was just so so great and, well, he, and really fun for him he wasn't meant to be a destroyer jackson he was meant to be a dad and i thought oh so good <laughs> this fun. is just such a like i don't know this is like uh john wick where like you have to watch the dog die and then like everything else gets like really satisfying except like <laughs> the dog dying scene is like most of the, the movie. whole movie <laughs> <laughs> and then like the ending is just like complete like cathartic joy <laughs> yeah to, to go off the joy like i mean it, it it goes without mentioning that the soundtracks in these movies are always pretty mm -hmm. good pretty goaded but i thought this one was excellent because it's a lot of a lot of songs you might like casuals like might not recognize i thought these mm -hmm. were the deepest of cuts other than the the florence and the machine song at the end which went hard by the way there was really hard not a dry eye I saw a TikTok of her reacting to that scene in the yeah. movie, and it was really, it was really cool to see that. So good. So yeah, I just have to shout out the soundtrack because there weren't like the obvious choices that you think. Uh, apart from No Sleep Till Brooklyn, which it was really I, fun. If I had not seen the Mario movie less than a month ago, I probably would have <laughs> been more excited. But the fact that oh, there's yeah. been two needle drops of that song in in pop with culture Chris Pratt. With Chris Pratt, I think he's got he's got a black blackmail on somebody with that. But but even like Chris Pratt, who we rag on a lot, Jackson, you and he I was do. amazing. I thought like he was great. I thought he was. I think amazing. this might be his best performance I've ever seen him do, like in anything. If I'm being completely honest, Mario. 
Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Mario Mario is first and then this. No, but like watching him like cry and scream over Rocket as he's like almost dying, it uh-huh. was like, oh man, you're eating this up right now, Chris Pratt. Like you're doing good. Yeah, tremendous stuff. Yeah. I loved it a lot. Do you guys uh, have like a favorite needle drop like in the movie? I mean, the cop out is the the Florence and Machine. Dog days yeah. are over at the end. Or just like um, any songs in general that you were like kind of hyped to see. I liked uh, the creep uh, shout out the, at the beginning of the oh, creep yeah. acoustic was nice. That yeah. was great. And I loved uh, hearing Bradley Cooper kind of sing that mumbly as well, too. Yeah. In his Jackson um, Maine era, trying to get yes. back into his oats there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I Like another thing with the, the soundtrack. I mean, I liked that it. it was more like diegetic in this movie. Like it was mm-hmm. kind of played over speakers and like their little community. And then on the ship, obviously. I mean, I know they did that throughout all the movies but it felt more natural in this one for some reason i don't know why it felt more intimate yeah it was kind of like they're sharing it with like like rocket like i don't know it's kind of interesting too to see like rockets like growth of like relating to music because like as a kid he really liked it and then he associated it with all this trauma yeah. and then of course like he slowly starts to like it in the next two movies and then in this one like like in volume two right like you only see him really singing like by himself and in this one, it's almost like it's his playlist and not uh, not Star Lord's, which is kind of interesting. Like this is like the Zune that he's kind of like taken and, and uh, started to appreciate. And so these are kind of like him. It's like Rocket on Ox and he's kind of just expressing himself through the music, which is pretty fun. Yeah, the, the passing of the torch was really it was mm-hmm. just really excellent. I thought uh, yeah. just even tremendous. With like, even with Chris Pratt being like, I think he is good in this movie. This is like straight up just Rocket's movie, I think. Oh, yeah. totally. A really fun direction to go with kind of the third film in the franchise as well. Um, oh, yeah. And I wanted to shout out as well. The needle drop of uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn is great. But the hallway fight after that is even better. Yeah, it's really that good. was fun. Yeah. That was An extended fun. sequence, obviously. I mean, there's tons and tons of CGI. I'm sure there's tons of cuts as well, but it looks like one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought that was probably one of my favorite scenes in the film by far. Totally. Yeah, while we're on like cool character moments, like I think Groot in this specifically and in that fight, like we we were joking on him for a while of like he looks so stupid. Um, because he kind of did. But then like for the reveal to be like, oh, he's like kind of hollow and like a weird, like he almost looks like a like like a what is it? Like the the electron system, like the neural system and like a human, like the way his like pathways are built or whatever, and he's like hollow and he can hide guns and stuff inside of him. I thought that was really cool. Um <laughs> when he went like berserker when they got off the ship on the the fake earth planet and he like got all big at people. It was yeah, it was hilarious. I thought it was really fly? interesting. He's got wings too. Yeah, yeah, he wings. Got the wings. <laughs> and then like at the end, he's like gigantic uh in the post credit scene, which oh, was really yeah. fun too. <laughs> Yeah, I I ended up liking this version of Groot way more than I thought I would. And thank God he's not teenager Groot anymore because that was so, so annoying. (laughs) I'm I'm glad. Like teenagers are, Jackson. That's true. I guess that's the point. (laughs) Um, And then really quick, too, I wanted to talk about like Star-Lord and Gamora's like like Mm. their arc, which was kind of interesting because I don't think Gunn intended for Gamora. Like, I think he wanted to kill her off in the second movie, but then didn't. And then she died, like, not in his movie. So then for him to, like, reincorporate this yeah. version, who basically got reset to before the first movie, um, and to kind of tell this story of, like, falling out of love and moving on with their lives, I thought was, like, really interesting 
and like a brave choice to make because I feel like most people would just be like, all right, and they're back together. So I thought that was kind of a cool way to do that. Yeah, it was interesting to like kind of hear in the aftermath that I was always under the impression that Gunn like helped flesh out the direction of those characters in Infinity War. But it sounds like that kind of really wasn't the case. Like he didn't, he wasn't vibing with the whole Gamora dying and Endgame or Infinity War whenever it would happen in mm-hmm. Infinity War. So I thought he did incredible with what he was given because I don't think that was the, the arc that he wanted, but I he, he tied it up very nicely. Yeah, his kind of way of explaining it too in that elevator sequence of like Chris Platt going all the way through their relationship and stuff. Like he made it like a sort of a comedy out of it too, a funny joke at least from yeah. him kind of getting screwed over by MCU writers. So <laughs> I thought they at least had fun with it too. Yeah. And then, it, I mean, it hits hard in the series too at the end when then there's like, I bet we were fun. I was like, oh, that's nice. That's that cute. was a good line. Yeah. A good sentiment. And then you yeah. like get to see her go to the old Ravage, the original uh, Guardians mm-hmm. uh, within the Ravagers stuff and like see her other found family. And it's like, oh, she was always capable of this. She just needed people to let her in. I, I don't know. I thought that was really a really Which, satisfying ending. By the way, with those Ravagers, am I correct in remembering that that robot one was Miley Cyrus? It and, was Miley Cyrus. But not in it, this one, right? Not in this one. Okay. She was uncredited in, in the other one, which was kind of weird. That's right. Okay. I thought I had remember um, that. I was like, are we going to see some Miley? But I think it was just like Tara Strong or it's something. It's Tara Strong who does <laughs> Miss Minutes in the Loki show. So I think oh, they were just like, all right, we got you on retainer now. So just yeah, come over and, she's and eating, do this for us. Good for her. Good for yeah. her. Um, yeah, and then you got like that Doctor Strange, like alien doing like those cool portals in that like one sequence where they show yeah. up, which is kind of fun too. Dude, that dude was cool, yeah, it was neat. Um, yeah, do you guys have any other uh cool stuff you want to talk about before we move on to the negatives? I wanted to shout out one more thing. Uh, my boy Nathan Fillion, uh, yeah, he <laughs> was got, really fun. Yeah, he kind of got screwed over in the first one with his like quote unquote cameo of him just being like a big CGI character. So he actually got a face roll in this one. And he was, he was in it more than I thought he would be. He had a couple funny lines too, talking about like, uh, oh, he has to deal with, you know, the the boss's son or whatever. I got one of those too. Yeah. yeah. So he had some fun comedy moments as well, but I thought that was really cool to see him uh, kind of in the limelight a little bit for a couple scenes. Yeah. There's a lot of really random cameos in this, like uh, the moon, or sorry, the uh, rat catcher uh, actress. Oh, yeah. From- She's like the pink lady who like they take hostage in the organic like ship thing. <laughs> yeah. And I did not recognize that it was her like the whole time. I was trying to find her, but I couldn't. Then you that have like that... Linda Carnalini playing Lila. Yeah. And you have that Judy Pete Reader. Davidson cameo too. Who is Pete Davidson in it? He played I some. Re- I only found out after the fact. He played just like some guy on that floating ship. That's awesome. Um, and then like Judy Greer is that war pig character, which is like so yeah. random too. It's like, Justice all right, for like, Judy Greer. We're just throwing a bunch of randos in here. It's it, I thought it was really fun though. Um yeah. I've got yeah. um I've just got like three three tiny things to shout out. The first being just I think the production design is mm-hmm. awesome. I think that intestinal planet type of deal was really it was cool. an awesome location. Um I, I just really liked that a lot. Um I also just like that it's kind of like an animal rights story at the center, which is mm-hmm. which is kind of neat. I never would have expected that to come out of a Marvel movie too. So I thought that was, thought that was neat as well. And I will just say, if this doesn't get nominated for like makeup and hairstyling, when most of this stuff was like kind of practical mm-hmm. uh, for the Oscars, like when they're in that, the, the fake earth town or the duplicate earth, what was it called? 
I actually I keep, don't remember what it was called. I keep wanting to say After Earth, and I can't. I got to get that out of my head because I'm not supporting M Night Shyamalan's <laughs> film in this in this movie. But uh, <laughs> Jaded Love, come on. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I just thought uh, I thought the movie just looked really well. We'll get to like there's obviously some CGI bullshit when you get mm-hmm. into it because you got to have that in your Marvel movies, I guess, to move the story along for the most part. But other than that, I thought everything, all the practical effects, thought looked really really good so yeah totally i i do think like the locations for these movies were some of the most interesting we've ever seen mm-hmm. like you get nowhere again which is like maybe one of the best like insane locations you can ever get in the mcu but like to see it move through space is also just like insane mm-hmm. um but yeah like the the organic planet was also really cool and, and the uh the people the different species people of earth and i kind of yeah. wish they wouldn't show that in the trailer because drax throwing the kickball at that little yeah. kid is so funny yeah it's amazing i wish they would have kept it out of the trailer but it was still just as funny <laughs> agreed shout out dave shout, shout out, out dave shout out dave um and then i feel like the the obvious one that we're not getting uh not talking about yet is the high evolutionary who is oh, maybe yeah. one of the wildest villains we've seen in a minute Jacuti. pretty cool i think that's um, how you pronounce his name he's got one of the yeah. greatest names ever the because you know it's great when i can't pronounce it so and yeah, he was awesome yeah he was um he's in peacemaker if you guys have you we watched that we did a whole episode on it he's you the bad guy slash not bad guy but he's really fun in that i love when they bring good actors and from like his previous projects into this stuff but the high evolutionary i thought was like such an interesting like character because like i feel like the mcu has been oversaturated with like these sympathetic villains to the point where it's like all right we gotta like i feel like you gotta mix in some of the just like batshit crazy ones like this guy to like really balance it out so i think it was just really refreshing to get such a freak like him <laughs> yeah his character design was cool too like the having like the, the stretch face. Yeah. face it looked looked really cool uh yeah i thought he was great i've heard some people trying to like weasel out that they're trying to make him like a Kang. Um, I saw that too. That was so stupid. A Kang. What What are they called? Um, uh, A variant. Yeah. A Kang variant so they can get Jonathan majors out of the, out of the fold. But still no He's word. probably staying, I'd but be I... I don't know. It'd be tough to recast him now, but uh, I do like the com the God complex with the character. I thought, yeah, that was I feel like the third act, he kind of is just like screaming the entire time. Uh, he fucked people up takes, i think but yeah i thought he's an interesting uh villain which you really don't see too much in in the marvel movies i feel like and i gotta i gotta say that the whole final confrontation with rocket when when that all came back to play when he had the gravity boots on at the beginning and mm-hmm. that that was how it i thought that was really well done i was like holy cow what a great callback i loved that so yeah, that whole like final sequence of of Rocket running back to save the little raccoons, and then he realizes oh. he's a raccoon, which is like a reveal that I didn't know I needed in like a Marvel <laughs> movie. It's like he, yeah, he is a raccoon. Like got the closure, <laughs> and then like he's like, I'm Rocket Raccoon, and it's like, oh yeah, like that's pretty good. And yeah, that was great. I don't know, just this really sweet moment, and it's kind of painful too because it's almost he almost thinks like he's gonna have to leave all these other animals behind, mm-hmm. like in that moment, and it's like bringing up a bunch of. Tra- trauma from when you know he escaped and stuff yeah but like then to have like everyone come in and and help him out and like kind of have like a noah's ark moment of just like getting all these creatures off the ship was just like a really fun and wholesome like set piece to do yeah it was great sweet should we move on to what doesn't work 
Sure. Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. I just want to start with this and the fact that there's a serious plot detail. Well, kind of serious, but you don't know that Mantis and Star-Lord are really siblings unless you watch that holiday special. Um, it's true. They have to be like, yeah, you're my half sister. Like they really have to lay that in. in yeah. Like the first couple. So of like, minutes. if you're not, if you're not doing the homework in that respect, then you're probably going in and you're like, wait, what, when, when did that happen? So I can see how that can be a kind of a, another hurdle you got to get through. I don't like, I don't think these Marvel movies are for casuals anymore. I think that ended a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but like, if you wanted to enjoy this movie, it wasn't really a, a detrimental to the story and in, 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 in a way, but it's just a little detail that you probably didn't know what was going on. If you didn't watch Kevin Bacon get abducted by the, by Drax and Bantus. So, which was fun. I like the holiday special, by the way, really fun. It is fun. Um, can we talk about Adam Warlock? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, so I don't really know much about Adam Warlock. Um, but his story and also justice for Elizabeth Debicki, who plays his mom in this mm-hmm. movie. Cause I think she's great and kind of, I don't know. This whole Adam Warlock thing just kind of felt hedged in. I didn't think you needed him. Am I, am I overstepping there? Or is that the vibe you guys were getting? I completely agree. Um, yeah. I think they kind of did the post credit scenes for the second one. And Marvel was like, Hey, include this character. Like he's in all the comic books. He's super important, super powerful. And James Gunn was like, Oh, I pretty much already written it, but sure, let's just throw him in. <laughs> he doesn't really do anything the entire movie, uh, other than he, he does put Rocket in a coma, I guess, to be fair. But after that, he's <laughs> kind of just running around, not sure who to fight, not sure whose side he's really on. Yeah. And at the end, he saves Puffy Face, of course. But <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I forgot I think, about that. <laughs> Puffy Face. I, I thought for movie. sure he died there. I was like, he yeah. is so fucked up. There's no way. Nah, we, he he last Jedi'd us. Yeah. <laughs> don't bring up that movie. But uh, yeah, I feel like you could have just written out Will Poulter entirely, and I wouldn't have really cared. I do like Will Poulter, though. He's got great eyebrows, but kind of just sure. useless. I mean. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a tough situation because, like, I f- almost feel like they included him in the post-credit scene with the hopes of him to show up in like the Infinity War movies. Because, like, Adam Warlock in the comics is, to to my memory, a pretty important part of like the Infinity Saga. Uh-huh. So I think a- around that time, people were like, "Oh yeah, he'll show up in these movies. He'll be relevant." Oh. And then that didn't happen. And then they were like, "Well, we gotta put him in somewhere." And it it kind of sucks because I feel like if he had like five more minutes of screen time to like talk about his motivations a little bit more, like maybe it could have stuck the landing a little bit better because when he kills a war pig uh, that we talked about earlier uh, to like kind of progress his own motivations of him being like, if I don't get the credit for this, my entire species dies. That's kind of cool. Cause like, like his species was created by the high evolutionary. Yeah. I kind of liked that, but I don't know. I feel like it definitely needed more time to like, brew a little bit in the story because it just wasn't hitting as good like will we see uh, like will we see him again i don't know he's kind of no i don't think so yeah and i think that's that's fine but i do like will poulter though i think he's Mm -hmm. he's great we're the millers amazing um so tough for him i saw i've just been reading interviews with him and watching interviews with him this week and he's just like yeah one sometime one person asked me if i was they loved me in toy story and I was like, that was an animated movie. And he's like, no, you were Sid. And he was like, oh, come on, man. That was 1995. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I hope I hope uh, James Gunn gives him something pretty 
substantial over at DC. Uh, I, you know, James Gunn did say like people from this movie will be in his Superman movie. Um, my hot take is I think it should be Dave Bautista as uh Pa Kent. I I don't know why I'm just so in on that. Just he's such a especially from like knocking the cabin. Like he's such a gentle giant kind of figure. Um, that I would really love that. But like I almost feel like. He would like Will Poulter would be really good for like Wally West Flash, like just set him up as the main Flash, and like sure. that'd be kind of lit. Is um, he too old to be like a Jimmy Olsen, or it depends on where they. He's like, I feel like he's like in his thirties now, which yeah, is maybe too right. old for Jimmy Olsen. But like, we're the Millers' age. Uh, Will Poulter would definitely be like the one of fifteen. Will Poulter, like yeah. that would have been super fun for sure. Very nice. Yeah. That's so, like, oh, I'm sorry. I really nah, like Aldana possibly do in uh, Lois Lane as well. Hey now. Oh, all right. Yeah. That's fine with me. I'll take that. Unless she's done with superhero stuff. I know she's talked about like, yeah, this I've kind of just been doing Avatar and MCU for the past 10 years, and I'd like (laughs) to Yeah, she needs a break. Yeah, that's fair. So but box office queen, good for her. Uh um Adam Warlock was just my kind of my my biggie. Um and then you know, there's always the I I am begging for their for like a third act to just not feature a big CGI battle set piece. Like, I don't know if it's possible for a Marvel movie to do that. I think it'd be really cool. Um, but I, it hasn't happened yet. That's um, fair. I think this one is a little bit more uh toned down than what they usually are. Definitely. Yeah, I get definitely, what you mean. Definitely. Um, yeah. And then finally, my last nick little nitpick is just because I just got Fast and Furious on the brain when when Groot finally says I love you guys like when we hear him say that all I could hear was just Vin Diesel talking about family in a Fast movie. And <laughs> That's just, actually one of mine too. It's, I couldn't separate the two. Do you think it was like like within the story is Groot actually saying I love you guys or no. is that like the movie translating what he would have said that I we think, would have heard as I am Groot? Yeah, I think that. I think the latter. Okay. Um, I don't hate that, but it is kind of weird. It was jarring. Like it was emotional, but I was like, "Oh, it's Dom Toretto." <laughs> Just crack open a Corona for this last meeting of the minds, and then go off on your ways. But, but yeah, that was that was that was really it. The Adam Warlock and and that was was were my biggies. Do you guys have any that I didn't really that I didn't take there? Cody, what I, do you got? I did have another big one, and it funny enough deals with another uh, post credit character from uh, the second film. And that would be my man, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. And uh, I put in my letterbox review. I, it just doesn't seem like he knows how to speak English. At <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> You're so right. I'm just confused by every sentence he says. He doesn't have too many lines, thankfully. But yeah, I, I don't know really why he's in this movie. I think maybe him and James Gunn are just buddies. But I could have used anybody else doing the dialogue in that scene uh, from the old team. And, and I think I would have been fine with this. Yeah. Strangely, like when I was watching that scene, I was thinking of Jeff Goldblum. And here's why. Because when Jeff Goldblum delivers a line, it's as if he just thought of it for the first time ever. And no one's ever thought of it before <laughs> in a good way. But Sylvester Stallone is kind of doing the antithesis of it, where he's just read it for the first time, throwing random inflections on things. And and yeah, it's like he was on set for like 15 minutes and was just like, yeah, I got to go cry about not being in creed three or something so it was a good time um yeah i I feel like back in the day before this movie came out like before it like got pushed back and stuff too they were like oh yeah there's gonna be way more focus on like sylvester stallone in the next one 
And like I think maybe they like felt like they owed him some screen time while also like pulling back on their direction a little bit. But I feel like he had like just as much screen time in the second one as this one a little bit. I mean, yeah, he, that, he has that big confrontation with Yondu in the second one, mm-hmm. and and then like the funeral like procession yeah. stuff. So I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I guess good for Sly still getting a bag, I guess. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's it for me. I got a couple more. Um, Corbin pointed this out to me the other day when we were recording something else, but he he said that like the breakup scene feels like kind of rushed. And I kind of I kind of see what he means. Like it's like, okay, I'm leaving. Me at it's the like, end. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, I'm leaving too. And like I like it because it's it felt kind of real, but like I don't know. I feel like it could have maybe been fleshed out like everyone's individual needs a little bit more throughout the film too. So sure. it doesn't feel as all of a sudden. Yeah. And I guess I like that they could have just been like everyone goes off on their separate ways and that would have been disingenuous. I like that some of them stuck together and we're still yeah. like it was really just Star-Lord and Mantis, and Mantis that kind of yeah. kicked it. But And then Rocket's like lead, leading a team and the rest are hanging out. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like also just like you. yeah. I think like the post credit scenes kind of bothered me for some reason. Like I like seeing the new Guardians lineup and them hanging out and stuff. But what what I didn't like at all about that is like they're like all right let's go stop this stampede and they like bring guns and like they're gonna go like kill these animals it kind of implies and it's like what was this last <laughs> sequence <laughs> of like saving all these animals and now you're just like well because like they're like oh no this sucks and they're like we gotta do it these people are gonna die and it's like it seems like you're literally talking about killing these animals um with your gun which seems kind of again kind of antithetical to what you were just trying to do and then like do we care about star lord like like do we want to see his earth adventures like what what is this going to be for you guys yeah Uh, Yeah. sure (laughs) the thing is like once he gets to earth i think that initial um kind of confrontation with his grandpa like that's emotional that's good stuff Mm -hmm, totally just like the post credit scene in general was kind of useless like didn't give us any interesting information it was kind of funny, but not really. Um, I don't know. I don't really need to see any more of, of Chris Pat on Earth. Maybe they're just doing that to bring him into the fold of other films where he can cross over. Um, yeah. Which I don't know if I'm a fan of that either. But yeah, the first credit scene I, I thought was a lot more fun. One thing I didn't really like about it, other than the whole PETA thing, when they did show <laughs> PETA that, they probably just didn't show them that scene specifically as well. <laughs> but uh, why do they have to bring in like another young character? I get they're doing the Young Avengers. But it's every single property. oh the kid yeah yeah like everyone they've released in the past like two or three years has just randomly has some kid who's like amazing <laughs> superpowers and I think that's really annoying. That's fair. Yeah, she she is supposed to be a young version because I looked this up because I'm like, who is this supposed to be? Because she has like this glowing eye. Uh-huh. Um, and it's the person I have it written down up here. It's the Philavel person who is like the second quasar, which is like. They make like hard light constructs like a Green Lantern, but it like comes out of their eye and it's like mostly a big sword. Oh. Um, nice. But yeah, I, I don't know. That lineup was like, okay, it was kind of mid. But Cosmo, the dog, is amazing. Uh, Maria Bakalova, and, shout out. Yes, super fun. The Carpenters have not, do not have a bad song, is what she said, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. Go Cosmo. She's not a bad dog. I like no. that a little bit. She's OP too. She's yeah, so she, strong. She really is. Shout out Craglin. No wonder too. they didn't. Yeah, no wonder they didn't bring her along. She was like, she got quicksilvered for this movie. 
I love I we're going back to something that I loved when she's like holding the ship with her mind and like mm-hmm. she's like I'm getting tired and Mantis is just like no you're not she's like yeah okay. that was cool Mantis's powers in this were really well utilized and, yeah. and really creative in like a super fun way yeah um, she was great and like you her. know if I had to see anybody else show up in a future movie it would probably be her I think her story is like maybe not complete and uh, yeah I don't yeah. know I, th- I thought she was really really interesting. Yeah, selfishly, I'd like to see more Rocket because he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, this only solidified it, but I'm totally. fine with I'm fine with this being his swan song. So, mm-hmm. well, sweet. Any other comments before we move on? Um, I just want to ask, like, where, like, where do we go f- from here in terms of not just the story, but like, did Marvel really f up letting Gun go? Like, is is DC <laughs> like is the time coming? Like, is it oh, finally? Baby upon us you think you know or? i think cody's hot take from last year uh was a <laughs> yeah. bit premature but now <laughs> he I saw the tea leaves be... one <laughs> he, year saw... Early. <laughs> he was one year early that's how hot of a take it was he knew um now i think we're gonna be in like the dc renaissance um and i think it's gonna be really good mm-hmm. i'm excited i think yeah i think marvel may be fucked up there yeah, I agree. I definitely have my fingers crossed uh, for the Flash this summer. Obviously, mm-hmm. just for our movie draft, but mm-hmm. yeah, also that, looks, that really looks good and it's getting good reviews and stuff. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I think DC's definitely in good hands going forward. Um, the MCU, I, I don't know. I think they've kind of just run out of content almost at this point. So it, it'll be interesting to see like the next five years, three years of of the MCU without kind of James Gunn you know being a backbone at least for some of these films Mm -hmm. yeah because it just feels like again i mentioned it at the top but if people people are saying like wow what a great tone shift for marvel going forward again i think this is an outlier and i think it's a singularity unfortunately the execs are sweating like just in their seats knowing that (laughs) like this is not the future of their stuff like it's going to go downhill because like i mean you see the trailer for the marvels which completely is a different feeling than what this movie is which is the next one up Mm -hmm. i do want to say i am kind of excited for that one though i think it looks interesting enough but yeah uh, excited to see brie larson kind of get to be weird it seems like yeah which, which looks fun um again uh, cody's hoping for that one to be good too yeah. he's got that one he drafted all the superhero movies <laughs> yeah <laughs> man. i mean he's he's got it going um, superhero monopoly going yeah. hell yeah so it. so yeah um we'll see and then you know we're gonna have to unpack this kang thing eventually and whatever they're gonna do with that don't know what that's gonna be but for now they're they're vibing with just this the marvels and you know, they got the writer strike going on too now. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really going to throw a wrench into the MCU plans because I think there's going to be another substantial delay. I think the um, creators of Blade, though, are relieved because, like, that's like, like, the big one that got pushed back. And they, it sounded like they have no idea what they're doing. No, so. they don't. They're just like, <laughs> well, get me a goth in here and hopefully that'll cover up for what we're doing. But, yeah. uh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I think they're relieved on that front. But I think there's going to be another long gap, kind of like when COVID happened, where we went like a year without any Marvel content. And I'm and, okay with that. I don't know. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. But I think the, I don't know. It just feels like you're losing people, and you're really going to lose people if it's actually gone for the people that are still kind of hanging around. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, I'm excited for the Marvels to come. I think we're getting that Secret Invasion show before that. Um, mm-hmm. looks kind of neat. We'll check that out, I guess. And uh, yeah, shout out to James Gunn. Good luck in the DC, brother. I'm excited to see your Superman movie. It'll be good. I'm so excited. Let's move on to The List is Life. The 
list is an absolute good. The list is life. Boys, for this, um, I thought it would be fun before we rank the Guardians movies to rank the soundtracks of the Guardians Ooh. movies. Um, what do you guys like? What for you are like the best ones, the worst ones, the in betweens? Wow, that's tough. That's a great question. Because I got to wrap my brain around. I feel like when the first one came out, was a lot of songs that I had listened to before, but I think are like deep cuts for some people. Yeah. Like there were more mainstream songs that I knew personally. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, these are nice. And I'm glad these are like getting the popularity that it deserves. I don't remember anything from the second one other than Mr. Blue Sky. Oh, Um, really? What are some other songs? Because I think, truthfully, I don't think I've seen Guardians 2 since the theaters. Oh, really? So I don't, so I don't really remember the soundtrack on that one. That one had like, uh, like father and son, and some oh, it like, had like brandy summer too. nights, and, and yeah, okay, yeah, I'm refreshed now. Um, wow, maybe I like two more. So the maybe chain. it's maybe it's one three. Oh man, that's tough. Then my maybe sweet it's, love, my maybe sweet lord. I mean, maybe it's one three two, but I think it's very close for me. I oof. really, I don't know, man. I gotta go listen to the soundtracks again. I think. <laughs> yeah, same. I kind of agree with you, Carter. I think I would rank it one three two as well. I don't know if one, I feel like you you like you really know the songs of that one, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, ended off as well with uh, Ain't No Mountain High Enough, which is oh, yeah. hooked on a feeling as well. I mean, just crazy iconic. But mm-hmm. this one's up there. I think the soundtrack was just deep as well uh, throughout the third one. So I think it'd be close between those two for me. Yeah. What do you think, Jackson? What are you thought with? So I put a lot of thought into this last night because I was thinking about it. And I think good two has the best like one, it has a lot of really good bangers, but also like the story revolving around the music is like a little bit better to me. Um, like you have like the chain, which is like a Fleetwood Mac song, yeah. like just kind of about like, which like if you know about the band, like it's them splitting up and getting back together and their toxic relationship around like this like pivotal moment where like they're breaking up and like kind of having some issues. And, and then you have like the father and son moment between uh which is a Cat Stevens song, which I think is, I love Cat Stevens, but um, to have it be like between Yondu and and Star Lord and one of the saddest like MCU deaths I've ever per- like I think Yondu dying is like heartbreaking, but um I don't know I I think see, I think it, for me it goes Volume Two, Volume One, and then Volume Three, but they're all like really strong. Yeah, uh, I had forgotten the chain, and I love the chain. So chain's really fun. Um, but yeah, I mean the what the the just with creep i love the, the book creep is great. being creep and dog days are over it's just yeah. really it's really nice and really special so mm-hmm. i like that a lot creep acoustic wow good stuff it's a fun one um do you guys want to rank the movies now god i'd love to um what about you cody where where does it sit one two three for you in the trilogy yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, like I said, I'm pretty biased. The first one is one of my favorite comic book films of all time. So for me, it's volume one, volume three, volume two. I'm actually pretty low on on volume two. Not one of my favorite MCU films. I do like Kurt Russell, but um, kind of just super contained. And I don't know, there's a lot of things I have I have issues with it. But mm-hmm. yeah, this one, it's up there. Uh, I did want to place it maybe a little bit higher, but for now, just because recency bias, I think uh, I'm going to put it below the first one. Sure. I'm a, uh, for me right now, 
I I have I I agree with you when I saw again maybe why I didn't haven't revisited the second one because I remember when I see it I was when I saw it I was like this is good um so I have two at the bottom but then I I I have one three I'm going three one two just for nice. just for the wrapping up of the characters but I agree the first Guardians like when I saw it when I went in I was like I don't really know what I'm getting into this is the weirdest movie I was like Marvel's doing this I I don't understand what this is so it was really cool for what it was in the moment um. I think that was very powerful in the time. So, but for now, for me, three, I think it's just because I love Rocket a lot, which yeah. why three is three is top for me because this is basically the Rocket Raccoon. I haven't been able to piece together in my brain if it's because I love Rocket or if it's because I love Bradley Cooper or if it's both. Because <laughs> it I be really, both. I really like them both. Um. So, by the way, I saw someone tweet that like this is Bradley Cooper's best performance. I just want to say fuck off with that i mean it's, he's great <laughs> no it's um, not but but come on now he's yeah calm down it might be sean Oscar gunn's young? best performance as yeah, a young could... young uh sure yeah young guy why not but yeah um so just calm down have you seen wedding crashers anyway <laughs> True. uh jackson um, what about you yeah for me i think this one is my favorite one uh just because it is like again an intimate story of the character that i like the most out of this group and i i I do think i'm a sucker for like not necessarily the first season of shows but like once like everyone gets their rhythms going like which is why i think i like volume two over volume one um so i'm a three two one guy Mm. uh i do like ronin is just like a really lame villain and James Gunn's humor like doesn't really work for me in the first one as much like with the dance off and stuff like I think he's really like grown a lot more like in, in this franchise so I think I go three two one I think so you can definitely see the maturity especially like with Suicide Squad too and Peacemaker, that's what I was thinking like... I think it helped shape his humor a little bit and like kind of tone it back a little bit as far as like the the fart jokes and stuff like I feel yeah. like it's it's a little bit more mature got those old tweets out of the way He's yeah, a new man. Exactly. New exactly. He's grown. Oh man. Um, what about phase five movies? Uh definitely your ranking. <laughs> it's just this and Ant Man, right? Yeah. Yeah. We could do we could do trilogies if you want. Oh boy. That's uh, um we got the Ant Man, Iron Man. That's bottom. Sorry. <laughs> I definitely but think it is the worst trilogy, it's, probably. It's Ant Man, Iron Man, Captain America, Guardians. Is that it? I think think so oh and spider-man and spider-man oh, yeah man. crap um that's tough i think maybe it's it might be might be a spider-man for me might be really? top maybe really? wow I, I don't know because there's like i like all three of the spider-man movies i like the first iron man i like t- maybe it's captain america actually because i like two of the captain america movies captain america one is fine I think Ooh, I might Cap. go. I think I might go. Cap, uh, Cap, Spider Man, Guardians, Iron Man, Ant Man. I think that's it for me. Off the mm. dome. Might be controversial. I don't know. Well, we'll <laughs> I respect it. I think it's tough. I I don't know. Like Captain America, the first film I do like, but it's not as good as the other two in that trilogy. I would yeah. probably say that one as well. Just quickly thinking about it, and then Guardians two for me. I like the Ant Man trilogy. I would put it above. Well, I don't know. Spider Man. I'm not a big fan of No Way Home. If I'm being honest. I'm yeah. like far from home. far from home. Far from home. Yeah, far from home is kind of butt. All the titles uh, throw me off, but No Way Home sure. is obviously very good. And I actually really like Homecoming too. I think I would put Ant Man above it. So I'm gonna go. Really. Uh, Guardians, Captain America, 
Ant-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> Holy Iron shit. Thor. There we go. We, we forgot about Thor. Oh, again. Thor. Well, there's four of them. True. Okay, screw Thor. Well, but, uh, Iron Man 3, I don't like it all either. So, yeah. Not man. I don't like Iron Man 2. Iron Man 3, I think, is, eh, you know, it's fine. I got to rewatch. On my rewatch, I think you Iron Man them. 3 is amazing. Really? I think Iron Man 3 is the best Iron Man movie, which I know is a hot take. This guy. It's it's so much fun. This guy. They oh, it's man. like a buddy cop movie where they're saving the president of the United States. Like it's so fucking stupid yeah, in the best yeah. way. Um what about Guy think, Pierce with a uh, dragon tattoos. Exactly. It's awesome. Like, what doesn't this movie have? <laughs> he was um, the Mandarin, but not really. That part's like once you look past that, I think it, it's fine. Um yeah, I think also I gotta say I do think Captain America the First Avenger is after the rewatch that I did with Marvel it's my favorite Captain America movie and might honestly be like in my top three of all like the MCU wow. I think it's amazing Dang, look at you um, buddy so I think for me it goes Captain America for the trilogy then Guardians then Iron Man then Spider Man then Ant Man I think is my sure. official list why not yeah okay pretty fun. Can I ask you a question before we move on? Semantics yeah. question. When Captain America New World Order comes out, is that part of the Captain America mm, trilogy, I'm going to count it as it its it new... own thing because it's a new guy. Like You're It's right. like it's a new... Yeah, I think I think it should be okay. its own thing. Whatever yeah. you said. Evans shows up in that movie, though. Mm. Do you think he will? I don't know. I, I, that I would be wild. So. But maybe he needs. Chris Evans has been in some stinkers post. He he might want to come back. But but maybe he needs a. He, he needs has a not sure been thing. in a single good movie since uh, he left Marvel. Which I think is Knives sad. Out was the last. That was, was before, last, wasn't it? I think it was the same year. Well, it was 2019, so it was okay. all the same year. But I think that that was it. Ghosted was horrific. Ghosted. The Gray Man, ooh, Lightyear, but Lightyear, you know, mid, um, but um. They'll, they'll figure it out. He's got that like Gene Kelly pseudo biopic, but it's not a biopic coming. Like where he plays like a it, like a apparition of Gene. I don't know. I don't understand. What? It. It's it's weird. It's like oh, it's the 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 toy based on the astronaut based on the. It's kind of in that realm. I don't understand what's going on. Read about it. Check it out. Poor guy. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, cool. That's the list of life then. <laughs> Uh, um, Jackson, Cody, you feeling lucky? You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? I'm feeling lucky. Oh boy, we got a uh, we got some Hall of Fame stuff to do. Yeah, it's Morgan Freeman, right? I believe so. Is is, is he solidifying his place today? Possibly? Yeah, he's he's fighting for for the ranks to be amidst uh, Jeff Goldblum, Harrison Ford, and Robin Williams. He took down Uma Thurman and Paul Newman. Oh, so now controversial. Got... Forgot about the Paul Newman hate on this pod. Hey, I like Paul Newman. <laughs> You're not going to get Paul Newman hate for me. Ooh. He won three Piston Cups. Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal. Oh, that's my boy, guys. Is this the end of the Morgan Freeman run? I don't know because Jake Gyllenhaal is my Twi- Swifties. Turn the pod off right now. <laughs> I'm a big Jake Gyllenhaal guy. Um, I don't know. I'll, I want to hear everyone else's takes, but I think he's a special boy. But go ahead. Morgan Freeman also. It's hard to top. But Cody, what do you think? What are your thoughts on Freeman versus Gyllenhaal? Yeah, for me, this is not uh, particularly close. 
I think Jake Gyllenhaal is okay. Um, huh? I think oh. in uh, Prisoners, he's ridiculously good. He's great in Prisoners. He's really good. He, but um, past yeah. that, he's all right. I mean, Mysterio, eh, it is what it is. Zodiac, I actually don't like him at all in that movie. But uh, mm. Morgan Freeman's a classic. I also voted through Morgan Freeman. That's and, true. You've oh, been here true. for the run. Yeah. I've been here through the well, whole I gotta, run. I think I got to stick on that train. And, That's uh, fair. Thumb is on the scale. The hall, I think, uh, or at least hopefully so. But uh, yeah, Jackson, what do you think? That's fair. You know, it's tough. I will say when I learned about the uh, the the Swifty drama, I was <laughs> pretty upset with him because that seems pretty like that's not defensible. You know, he seems like a kind of shitty dude for that. But that being said, he is really good in Nightcrawler. <laughs> there um, he is. There he is. He punches that mirror, man. And it that's like a real he shot. He gets stitches. Yeah. Um, he's pretty charismatic. Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. I feel like he just always commits. And it's just this... The, in this the most recent movie I saw, The Covenant, there's like a five minute sequence where he's like getting drunk and like calling governments to try and get his interpreter back. And it's the most absurd thing you've ever seen. He's like dialing up to 11, yelling at people, telling them he's going to come to their house and kill them if he doesn't help them out. It's so bizarre. He just commits. Ambulance was a freaking ride. I don't know what he was doing in that movie. It was absurd. Um, But he's done a lot. End of Watch. Have you guys seen End of Watch? I have not. That is a five star flick right there. I'll tell you that. Um, I don't know. You checked out Strange World, Jackson, last year, huh? I about, did like Strange yeah. World. It was fun. Well, I, I don't know. What do you think? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave it up to you because Cody's going Morgan Freeman Ooh. and I'm going Jake Gyllenhaal. So I'm letting you be the tiebreaker. Oh. Here. I'm so sorry. Um, um going to keep Morgan out of the hall. Brutal. <laughs> I feel bad doing it, but like he's not listening. Yeah, he's the- what if he <laughs> is though and then he's then he's gonna hate us forever i mean okay donnie dargo iconic uh-huh prisoners i think is really good life uh-huh. sucks <laughs> velvet buzzsaw sucks is, is life the ryan reynolds space yeah. one yeah yeah i remember watching that during covid Ooh. um I think he still has a lot of potential ahead of him. So I'm going to give it to Jake Gyllenhaal. I think hey, I think he has um, not peaked yet in his career, which is saying something. Morgan Freeman, gone. Sorry, Morgan. Wow. wow. If he's listening, God, <laughs> I'm not coming on the pod. That was bad. That was awesome. <laughs> <That's>, um, sweet. <laughs> All right. Congrats, Jake Gyllenhaal. You, you dethroned. Uh, you took Morgan Freeman out. Congrats on that. Um. Wonderful. Uh, since Cody's here, let me just give a quick filmography update. Do a little fantasy update for y'all, and then uh, we, can, we can get the heck out of here. Um, because Cody had a, a good week this week. Uh, first place is still Jeff, uh, who's tearing up the game. Um, he's absurd. He's got like John Wick, Mario. Things are really popping off for him, so, so good for him. He's in first by a mile. But Cody is in second place here with Guardians this week popping off. Um, He's got a chance to be king of the box office again this weekend. We'll see. Get some bonus points for you there. But, uh, you know, it's one of those rare superhero movies, favorable reviews and good box office so far. I think you'll cross 500 million. I think this one will do it. Ant-Man didn't do it, but I think you got this in the bag. Um, So, yeah, we'll see if you're the first block. You're, you'll take over the potential blockbuster slot. Um, That would be so. nice. Who uh, has it now? Creed? No, it's, it's just uh, it's Ant-Man. Gotcha. Uh, 
<laughs> well, two would very be, different first round picks. Yes. And I think one is paying off. It would be Super Mario, but Jeff did not slot it in his potential blockbuster right. slot. I told so. him to. Huge so, mistake. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we got that. But then, you know, next weekend, um, I think David has Fast X in his. So we'll see if Damn. that pays off. And then Jeff has the Little Mermaid in his blockbuster spot. So we're okay. going to see some. The Quick summer competition. Will to, it'll start to formulate here. We'll see what goes what's going down. Uh, but then it's David in third, uh, me in fourth, Corbin in fifth, Jackson still hanging on in sixth. Let's uh, go. And then Matt and Brian. God, they'd love to have another movie come out at some point in their lives. But uh, not yet. Brian still got Creed to his name. So we'll see. But yeah, it's looking looking good. Cans coming up. Uh, this month, the next week. Uh, so we'll see some movies released there for us. Asteroid City will be coming at us at Cannes. Uh, I'm excited for that. May, December, which is a movie I picked up. Indiana Jones, Jackson, mm-hmm. one of yours. Killers of the Flower Moons coming too. And uh, and then uh, David's Elemental Pixar movie. Um, looks bad. That movie looks really bad. I don't know. We'll strange. see. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Cool. Not a lot of Pixars play, play Cannes, so... We'll see. Are you, so that means it's like really good. I don't know. The last two to do it were like up. A few to do it were like up. Wally, Inside Out. So good movies. Dang. So we'll we'll see. They got they got some hope in this guy. So we'll see what happens. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and that's it. That's our Sweet. fantasy update. And uh, we did it, boys. We 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 talked to Guardians. Yahoo! Wahoo! Cody, how you feel? Feel good? I feel great. Really, really appreciate the invite back on. Love talking guardians. Love talking with you guys always. But yeah, appreciate coming on, man. Fun, fun time. Of, of course, buddy. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh plug a little podcast you got uh, over there, and then we'll plug ours. You know. Yeah, I guess we plug it. Check out, of course, Cat Podcast. I won't spell it out like Corbin always does. You can find us on Spotify, <laughs> YouTube, all the above. Of course, check out our most recent episodes of May Mania. We paired up with RCR Rough Cut. Uh, did a fun trivia battle, so if you want to check that out, definitely do it. Yeah, uh, yeah stay tuned for May. We're going to be pumping out tons and tons of stuff, so stay around. Absolutely, always and, making uh, great stuff. Indeed, indeed, and you'll see some. You'll see us feature there a few times. I know Jackson will be featured prominently in a couple weeks with some Fast Woo-hoo. and Furious stuff. Look out for that. Um, and Jackson, where can they follow us, buddy? They can follow us on Instagram at roughcut underscore pod. Click our link tree in our bio and. Go to our Spotify and follow us there and check out our latest stuff. Hell yeah. Amazing. Um, next week, we're going to talk about this writer strike going on, WGA uh, strike. Be so exciting. We're going to have a big conversation, newsy talk, what it means for the future of movies and Hollywood going forward. Some scary stuff, potentially. We'll talk about it. But uh, but yeah, look forward to that. And uh, thanks for listening. Cody, thanks again for coming on, buddy. Appreciate you. And stay stay capping, that's what you say. Yeah. Stay capping. Stay capping. See you guys. I am Groot. Groot.